Thanks for stopping by and checking out Dude, Where's My Mind? A collection of short stories, insights, and conversations about my accidental spiritual journey. On this segment, I share some stories of mercy. I call this episode, Like a Prayer? Enjoy. Scriptures say that God dwells in the inmost depths of our being that we live and have our very being in him. Now, if this is the case, that we are one and we are connected through and through, then how do we commune? How do we talk to each other? I remember in grade six, I got suspended for smoking on school grounds. (laughs) Now, while I sat in my principal's office, she picked up the phone to call my mom, who was at work, to let her know about the smoking incident. A call like this at work is like no greater shame for an immigrant parent. And my folks despised smoking. It was the worst. I was for sure going to get beat or kicked out of my house. And those were the only two options I saw playing out in my head. And I just remember going into this pure panic mode. Like out of nowhere comes this chant all of a sudden in my mind as I'm just having a meltdown and I'm just start chanting in my mind please please just help me out my parents are gonna kill me please I just won't ever do it again I learned my lesson please just don't let my parents kill me in the teachings of Kripal Singh He says, a person in infatuation with a thing which he cannot get or is in distress and distraction he cannot escape. He then sets his face toward God for comfort in his condition. This concentration while begging for help is called prayer. Unknowingly to me, I believe those were my first prayers ever uttered in grade six. This natural, instinctive feeling to beg for help and to ask for mercy just came over me in that moment. And I even remember like walking home from school that day, I continued my chant, just please, please, just help me this one time. And I didn't even know who I was talking to. Panicking that I got home before my parents, I just started to clean. (laughs) And my parents walked in to me just frantically like vacuuming the dining room. And after some major awkwardness, we all talk and they've reviewed all my friends, of course, and they cut out people who could have been the bad apples behind the smoking fiasco. Uh, FYI, it was totally me. (laughs) And I was sworn to never touch a cigarette again, not even to like cross over a pack that's laying on the street. Okay. It was like serious business. And I do feel like a dink because I did, you know, break my oath pretty quickly after that. And I smoked many times after that, but I never bought my own pack. So that means I never really was a smoker, right? I don't know. But I did get out of that jam and my parents didn't kill me and I wasn't beaten for it like I pictured in my mind. And I was even allowed to go rollerblading that same evening. Like how did I get so lucky? This was a typical pattern in my life getting into some kind of trouble, begging for mercy, getting showered with said mercy, and then I go right back to my same shenanigans. 
when I was in my 20s, I got into a car accident with my friends in my parents' car. I was driving drunk. The car was a write-off. I had blown over the blood alcohol limit, and I didn't even have a valid license. The trifecta of shittiness. And I told the total truth to the police officer. I even walked her to my back seat and showed her a bottle of rum that I had stashed away before she came. And I just remember apologizing over and over again. And I was taken to the back seat of the police car after my failed breathalyzer. And I sat there and man, I begged for help. The same kind of way I did back in grade six. I begged and I asked for it all just to be better. And if I did get better, then I would become a better person, like the best person ever. And I would never do this again. Just please help me. It's said that a prayer never goes in vain, that a cry from the heart is always heard and attended to, but how and in what manner depends on the will of God. Jesus Christ said that. (laughs) And after what I felt like sitting in that police car forever, that officer came back And she stared into my eyes and she said she was going to do me a huge favor since she felt so bad for me. I was given a 24-hour suspension and I'm told that I'll be taken to the hospital and my parents can pick me up from there and basically deal with me. Like, wow. This had DUI and giant fines written all over it. But I was saved. Again. I was given mercy from this amazing officer who just took pity on me. It's just unheard of. And do you know what I did? Once the insurance settled, my parents got a new car. I went out and I drove drunk again. But this time I thought I was wiser. So I would stop drinking at least one hour prior to departure. And I would slam a poutine or a McChicken to soak up any alcohol in my system. That was my genius uh, loophole, basically. And again, I just moved on to the next shenanigan without missing a beat. It was the ungrateful story of my life. Many times in life when I had a goal or a dream, I would just receive it. Just like I received mercy time and time again. And I would get my desires fulfilled. But there was no harmony among my thoughts, words, and my deeds. It was like I had my very own monkey paw granting me these twisted wishes. (sighs) It was the ultimate, be careful what you wish for. And to be given what you want can also be hell if you're wanting things completely unconsciously. It was the curse of getting exactly what you wanted. The evil monkey paw was at work. And while going back through the chapters of my life, I realized and saw time and time again how many opportunities were given to me. How many chances were given? When I would visit wild moments in my mind, like getting into that car accident, I would trace back my steps to see how it all went down. And I would go back choice by choice and see my own demise each time. This vicious pattern. And there it was. It was very easy to see who was the one to blame. It wasn't the energy or force that was granting the wishes, but it was the wisher who desired things without knowing the full picture. Even if I could concoct the perfect wish, it would still be like an episode of The Simpsons where, you know, Homer has his monkey paw and he wishes for a turkey sandwiches, turkey sandwich without any weird surprises. 
And then he takes one bite and freaks out because the turkey sandwich was a little bit dry. And he curses the evil monkey paw. That was my life. Filled with dry turkey sandwiches and I was the one making them. My last job, I feel like I dreamed it up. All the check marks crossed off my list. Everything was superb. I was on cloud nine for like three months. <laughs> and then this unhappiness just grew inside me. And all the things that I originally loved about it started fading. Did I dream a dream that wasn't for me? And that's when I learned the power that I had. Every intention, thought, action was examined when I went to, into self-review mode. I didn't know that I was communing with the universe, the divine, God, this whole time, and I was co-creating life completely blind. I never realized how much power I had until I saw all the things that were coming out of my being, my mind, the energy I was placing in acquiring things and boosting my own self-image. I imagined prayer to be this formal conversation with this deep voice man called God. And I was under the impression I had to speak very differently, like use words that were from scriptures, say things like, oh Lord, I am a wretch. I don't know. I was just acting like I was praying. <sighs> a few weeks back, we dealt with a life situation in which my 11-year-old dog, Bella, bit my best friend's three-year-old child on the face. It was hard. The guilt, the shame, the countless times I reviewed how I could have changed things, how I could forgive my dog because it wasn't her fault, and no one was to blame, but I felt like I could only blame myself. And that's what I did. For a week, I lived in this cave of blame. And it was dark, and life lost its sweetness. And I couldn't find any mercy for myself. At all. And I remember I lay in bed one night just crying, feeling the pain of it all. And I knew I couldn't do much but let time heal. And this was extremely difficult to do. I ran scenarios in my mind of getting rid of my dog. I thought about pot the possibility that my friends may never want to hang out with me again. I had nowhere to go and nothing to do but let time just take the sting away and I felt completely helpless. I felt the fat tears slowly roll down my face. Then, from the deep silence of my mind, I wished for things to get better. And something happened in that moment when I made that heartfelt wish. I could feel myself getting out of my body. And the way I could explain it and put it into words what happened, it was like all of a sudden I was two people at once. In that one same moment, I was a mother taking care of a child that felt broken. And I was the child that felt broken and needed to be loved. I held my own hands. I stroked my own cheek, quailed my little head, and said, everything is okay. And I took care of myself like I had never before. I listened quietly. I didn't judge. And I just loved myself. And when I woke up the next morning, I felt at ease. I felt this peace. That I was awake. And I had another day on this planet. And I was given another chance to try it again. And that guilt, the blame, it all just melted away in the light of day. And I feel like I really 
learned what real prayer was that day. Wayne Wilson says the making of art is no different than prayer. That there's no difference between picking up a paintbrush and putting it on a canvas or bowing your head in church. Prayer is as unique as you are. It's not a one-size-fits-all protocol. I learned that when you speak to the universe from the true core of yourself, the most natural part of yourself, this is where your intention is as pure as your heart. And when you ask the forces of nature for help from this place, you will be heard. That's just how it works. You'll find your grace. And that's how you begin the communion. It's a critical job for you to show up every day and listen because there is going to be signs everywhere once you start talking, once you start asking questions. And what I've seen is the universe has a really interesting way in speaking with you. And the message that you're going to get back will be as unique as your prayer. It could be a number popping up all the time, a song, someone messaging out of the blue, a door opening up as an opportunity in your life, or a beautiful gap of sunlight in the clouds in that perfect moment just for you. And when you get that message, it's going to be an instant connection, a realization that you're okay. In the silent space of your mind is where your communion will begin. It's a space in where you create and ask for mercy and ask any questions that you can dream up. Gary Zukov says that it's impossible to have a prayer without power. It is impossible to have a thought that is a secret for all energy is heard. I love that. I yeah totally vibe with that um guys thank you so much for stopping by and checking out that episode it always means so much that you listen um thank you if if you have any questions comments um yeah if you want to stop by and say hello feel free it's dude where's my mind 2020 at gmail.com thank you so much and have an awesome day